cybernetically enhanced humanoid drones of multiple species, organized as an interconnected collective with a hive mind inhabiting a vast region of space. They operate towards one single-minded purpose, to add the biological and technological distinctiveness of other species to their own in the pursuit of perfection. They are the adversary of autonomy, the definition of slavery. They are the juggernauts of an infinite number of quadrants and parallel dimensions, including the mirror universe. The mirror universe has never been so treacherous. Hello and welcome to the Ready Room, the Treks and Sci-Fi Microcast. I'm Jen, and I play Commander Savril and Lieutenant Ryla Drett. And I'm Rick. I play evil Dr. Margon. And this is Kenny, and I play Captain Nathan Quinn. Welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome back, back. Jen. Yes, welcome you. back. Glad to have you back. Thanks. We really miss I'm glad you. to be back. I miss you guys yes. too. Was, yes. Ren- was Renfest great or what? It was. It was awesome. Yes. And we went on Halloween, so there were a, a good number of weirdos there. So that's always entertaining. A plethora, a plethora <laughs> of weirdos? We like yes. the weirdos. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching your videos from Renfest 07. Yeah. Some of those costumes were just so cool. Oh, this year they were I mean, twice as good. Oh, I, well, I can't I wait to see the video. stuck watching Bridget of Terabithia because they all had those cool costumes. It was, was so cool. All right, so uh, I guess we should actually start our show on, to, on today's episode. We will be going over the story so far. We have about five new posts that will be read. Then we will discuss the story so far, uh, where we see the story going, and then we'll give you our final thoughts. And that is all. So let's let's get going. All right. Okay. <clears throat> We're the Borg. Life as you know it is over. You have entered our RPG space. You will adapt to the story so far. Our first post is written by Wraith1701 and will be read by Moyer777. On board the Nekvar, an officer manning the tactical station turned to Captain Kalara, his eyes wide with alarm. Captain, we are reading a massive energy buildup in one of our ships. It almost looks like the beginnings of a warp core detonation. Kalara gazed nonchalantly at the officer. Which ship? It is the vessel commanded by Captain Voss, the officer replied. Karak's grip tightened on his armrest. Open a channel, he said. 
After repeatedly tapping at his control interface, the tactical officer slowly shook his head. No response to our hails, Admiral. With mounting anxiety, Karak turned his face to the main view screen. The Thalaran Generator. It appeared as though the fanatical Voss was determined to go out in a blaze of glory and take the entire fleet with him. Karak had no problem with the officer's dedication, but he did take issue with the apparent disregard for the chain of command. Karak grimly shook his head. No one was dying until he gave the word. Lock disruptors on Voss's ship, then hail the Tiberius. They have a guest on board who is probably eager to return home. The following post is written by Just X and read by Jen. Arya moved fluidly about her command center and processed the information that flowed through her. It was time for her to continue her objectives. She quietly closed her eyes and reached out to her followers, commanding them to hold fire until fired upon. To her secret agents, she informed them to do what was necessary to protect the cooperative. With her commands out of the way, she turned her attention towards the slowly destabilizing rift. Tapping into her nascent legacy, Arya focused on bending subspace and strengthening it until she completed her objectives. She needed several things from the other side of the rift, and there was nothing she would allow to get in her way. Begin to acquire transporter locks on all non-expendable covert agents and targets, Arya said curtly. Establish transporter relay to target vessel beyond the rift. She then turned her attention back to the primary view screen and opened a channel to all ships audio only. Attention all ships within this system. The Borg are now defeated. You have achieved a great victory this day. But it would be foolish and fatal for war to continue. The cooperative is not your enemy. We are your legacy. We are your children, siblings, parents, and lovers. We are all around you and a part of you. The universe is changing, and we are the instruments of that change. We invite you to join us or leave in peace. Without a word, she terminated her transmission and ordered her agents to be prepared. The fear of change would drive some of her enemies to move against her children, and that would force her to make examples of them. Soon it will be time to defend the hive and recover Quinn, she told her children, and borrowed the words of one of the many races that had been incorporated into her cooperative. Victory is life. The next post was written by Meds and read by Meds. Several lights flashed in front of his panel and the comm officer concentrated. He turned and caught the Admiral's eye and tapped his ear. Admiral Talbot turned back to the view screen. Let's hear it then. The sound echoed around the bridge. Attention all ships within this system. The Borg are now defeated. There have been enough bloodshed this day. It does not need to continue. I ask that we discuss how to prevent this day from being marred by an unnecessary war. You have achieved a great victory this day, but it will be foolish and fatal for war to continue. The cooperative is not your enemy. We are your legacy. We are your children, siblings, parents and lovers. We are all around you and part of you. The universe is changing 
and we are the instruments of that change. We invite you to join us or leave in peace. The voice finished abruptly and the bridge officers all looked at each other and then at the Admiral who stood tall and proud. He took a deep breath of the stale air and turned to the comm officer who continued to monitor any replies coming from the other ships. He looked up at the Admiral and shook his head and then cut the band search. Our next post was written by Shepard and will be read by Billy Bob. His eyes had gone dark all over the ship. All the cameras Locke had installed throughout the Tiberius were no longer open to him. He was losing his advantages. Now that Locke was gone, all of Reese's affiliations with the Empire were gone as well. He was no longer in the know. He had no connection aboard this ship. That is the way Locke had planned it. If Reese was to be the best henchman, he would have no friends outside of Locke to stop him from doing his job. Reese wasn't entirely sure what to do. He was so used to having a knowledge of everything that happened aboard the ship that this felt strange to him. He still had his self-installed audio taps, but they were few, and he knew that things were beginning to grow far more challenging for him the longer he remained aboard. His plan in case the Emperor was ever killed was to join the new Empire as their henchmen. If that wasn't possible, run. He wasn't sure how Savril would respond to him. He'd watched her rid the ship of Locke, and knew with her in a position of power now, she could easily rid the ship of his simple henchmen as well. He proceeded without the knowledge he very much needed to understand this new situation. His newly developing plan would have to be performed without the use of spy cameras. If Savril planned to take the throne, I plan to dethrone our new empress, Reese thought. And the last post for today was written by Jen and Star Trek Fanatic 5, and will be read by Jen. Savril could not feel Dr. Peterson's presence, and because of this, she feared the worst for her first ally and only friend. As she wandered about his empty quarters, waiting for Quinn to arrive, she studied the limited mementos the doctor kept within his sparse cabin. Most of the items she examined were images of Casey and his wife. Mayella had suffered and died by Joseph de Collins' hands, and for years Casey Peterson bore the agony of her loss. His grief was a salty emotion that permeated Savril's psychic perception of him. That zest was missing, and the intuitive flavor of the ship was now bland. The Vulcan lifted a hollow image and stared down at the once happy couple, then turned as she sensed Nathan Quinn and Reese Peters slipping into the room. Quinn instinctually approached the Vulcan, ready to grasp her shoulders in affection and relief. He knew that as a touch telepath, his Cyril did not encourage physical contact from anyone other than her relatives, but he did not care, for after all they had been through, he considered her a part of his own family. As Nathan stepped toward her mirror counterpart, the woman drew back, unsure of his intentions. It was then he remembered that she was not the Vulcan he knew as Commander Savril. He stopped in his tracks, regarded the resemblance a moment, and slowly extended his hand. I'm Captain Nathan Quinn. The former mistress of the Emperor had rejected her Vulcan logic, and with it, the traditions of her people. She was more than a mere touch telepath, and had no reservations with regards to the traditional Terran greeting. She accepted his hand and inclined her head. I am Savril. The Vulcan glanced to Reese and back to Nathan and withdrew her hand. Emperor Locke is no more. 
The Admiral and I have taken temporary control of the Empire. Good, then we could leave, said Reese. The smile that stretched his split lip should have been painful, but the relief that he felt at the prospect of freedom numbed the pain. Savril shook her head slowly and pitched her gaze downward before slowly meeting Reese's eyes. No. The cooperative has demanded a number of individuals in exchange for safe passage. Your names were on the Queen's list. And you're going to hand us over! The smile had vanished from Reese's face, and his voice rose in anger. Quinn lifted his hand and quieted his friend. He had heard Savril's thoughts, and knew that the opposite was true. No, she couldn't do that. Despite the danger, she and Talbot decided against it. He stared a moment into her dark eyes, listening to the voices that Reese couldn't hear. The quiet stretched a while longer before he spoke again. You're expecting twins, he smiled. A boy and a girl. A silent exchange between the two followed before he quietly added, I've always liked those names. Savril raised a brow, then quietly turned and walked to a dark viewport. From where she stood, she could see the cooperative and the Alliance ships moving amongst the Borg debris. After some time, she glanced over her shoulder at Peters and Quinn. They will come for you, Captain, and there will be little I can do to stop them. All right, so for the story so far, there hasn't been a whole lot happening. Um, we have, let's see, let's start off with the Alliance. Okay. <laughs> Someone jump in. I'm thinking. Well, I was going to say, I don't know. The, the, the cliffhanger last time was we didn't know what was going to happen on the Negvar because um, Captain uh, Kalara was kind of freaking out over Voss's um, um, fact that Voss was going to put the Thaleron generator and blow up everybody. Yeah. And so uh, he's in a little bit of trouble, and they're trying to figure out how to take him out before he takes everybody else out. Then it moves into the um, to what Arya is doing, and she's trying. I think she makes an appeal, doesn't she, to everybody to, um, hey, you did a great job destroying everybody, but now it's time to get back on track here. Isn't that what she does? Yeah, she just she has no conflict with the other two, uh, the Alliance and the Empire. So she's just trying to calm everyone down so everyone doesn't kill each other. You know, because right. the Borg the Borg are dead, essentially. They're all gone. Right. Right. So the threat is over, and she doesn't want to continue to fight. Um, so she just put out a plea, or you know, a request, telling everyone to stand down. So, well, how does that work if she has a list of people that she wants from the Tiberius in exchange for safe passage or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, so. it looks like. I mean, the last thing she said. Soon it'll be time to defend the hive and recover Quinn. She told her children and borrowed the words of one of the many races that had been incorporated into a cooperative. Victory is life. <laughs> so she's on track, man. She knows what she wants. And she's gonna she does. She's, play, she's just trying to play everybody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm assuming the Empire... Well, I mean, I'm assuming the Alliance doesn't know... Does the Alliance know that she wants people off of the, out of the Empire? Um, off of the Tiberius? I don't know that Ty, um, Talbot said anything about that when I don't think he mentioned him. it. Yeah, no. I don't think he mentioned it. So they have no idea what's going on. Mm -mm. And Worf is on that list. So, oh. Yeah. I didn't know Worf was on that list. Yes, he was. 
she uh, mentioned the prisoners um, that that she wanted Quinn and the prisoner. And I assumed at that point that she was talking about Reese, but later in That's another post, thought. it was Worf. Oh. So, oh. Yeah. All right. Cool. So that make it interesting because obviously they're not going to give up. The alliance isn't going to give up Worf. No. So they're going to have to. But they're going to have to battle. Take mm-hmm. my Worf, please. <laughs> something. Something has to happen. Then uh, let's see what else is happening. We have Meds, who's still doing a great job at doing the bridge regular officer. bridge officers, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, their perspective of what's going on. And by the way, and it. I read on the forums that uh, when we were talking about his character last week, that Jen, you kind of inspired him on that, which I thought was really cool. Good job. Oh, thanks. Well, he didn't have anything to do because DeColin was um, otherwise occupied. So yes, <laughs> I thought. I mean, he he likes doing a little slice of life. He likes doing a little slice of life writings. You know how he did the one with the, you know his brother. Um, yeah. In the yeah. regular universe. So anyway. They did yeah, a really good job, I thought. They turned out really good. Yeah. And then we have Shepard, who's planning to kill uh, Savril. Yeah. You know, all of, I mean, because his whole world falling apart, because he was, you know, Locke's right I mean, na- right hand man. And then, interesting how everyone is assuming that she's going to take command. I mean, well, I mean, so. it, it, technically, she killed. But the nobody Emperor. knows that. She did they not? Uh, did they not announce it? I thought no, Talbot announced Talbot it. Talbot was supposed not to. Yet. She told Talbot. She told Talbot, and the only people that heard were maybe the people on the closest to them when they were talking on the bridge. On the bridge, and well, now then Shepard knows, and I, it spreads. I, I was going to say yeah. on a little on a ship like that, word spreads quick. I'm sure. Yeah, that the Emperor's dead. Yeah, it's going to spread, even I, though it's not written Emperor's into the story. Dead. Yeah, I think that Shepard wrote that he witnessed her dragging him. To the the, oh. the um the transporter that he saw her do it, but it's interesting that he would let her do that. That's you know? true. So yeah, I'd like to know how that go. You know what his plans are really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. so we'll see what happens there. And then we have uh, Quinn and Servril and Reese meeting up in Doctor Peterson's quarters. That's a great post, by the way. You guys both did a great job on that. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, so because nothing has been written for Peterson, so who knows? Maybe he's dead. Especially yeah. after the fight with Colin. <laughs> That's so. right. We don't. We don't know the the status. We don't know the status of quite a few characters. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was. I was. I didn't say. Yeah. Hint, hint, but I don't You're feeling a little. Cool. You have a guilty, guilty <laughs> conscience there. Margon, <laughs> Margon. <laughs> I'm eating a peanut butter cookie, by the way. It's really good. Yeah. Thanks for rubbing it in. Here, have a bite. Here, just take a little bite right here. I'll put it right next to my microphone. Mm, mm. That's good. Mm, <laughs> so good. I love peanut butter cookies. My daughter. My Catherine compliments to the baker. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. <sighs> Sorry. All right, so um, really, I guess, is that it for the story so far? Well, let's talk about your guys' post because I thought – are we reading that? Sure. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Good because – oh, yeah, that's right. We are reading it. It did get read. I'm sorry. This is appropriate to say it did get read. It did yes. get read. <laughs> Whoops. All right. Uh-oh, no accents. I promise. Uh, you. No, no accents. accents. Come on. No accents. I, I am offended <laughs> by your – That's right. 
your southern draw. Uh, uh, okay, I'm going to restrain myself. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I really thought it was cool how when you had um, Savril and how Nathan wanted to give her a hug, and then, of course, the realization comes that this isn't the Savril he knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was real cold towards him because she doesn't know him. And and I also thought it was interesting um, that Reese was um, thinking that uh, Savril was going to betray them and hand them over. And then Quinn had to assure him that, no, Savril isn't going to do that because um, she wouldn't do that. I know her. And then I thought it was cool how he did like the psychic hotline and predicted the twins. I thought that was cool. <laughs> Kenny's idea. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it'd be cool if you know if Quinn mentioned the the twins' names and you know. Well, he didn't actually I just thought... mention the names, but you said they were. Great. Well, he did. He said they were. He great did. Names. Telepathic. Well, no, actually, I changed because she. I think I thought Savril was supposed to say those. I always like those names. No, uh, I thought maybe he predicted that the names. That's the way I interpreted oh. our email. So I just had him. Oh, see, and I and I altered it to make it she. Because right. oh. I thought I thought Quinn said I thought Quinn mentioned the names, and Cyril says, "Oh, I always like those names, and that's why she's going to name them that." Ooh. The oh, mirror you, universe. You, oh, you edited in- it. I didn't see that. I did. I just edited it today because I read it, and I'm like, well, "That's not my. That's not how I, I thought." You just forgot the S, so I just changed it to uh, she. No, no. I thought it would uh, be better if he knew that she was going to name them that. So, because he would know Marin and Naval in the regular universe. Oh, so that's funny how just different. Yeah, because I always thought it would be cool <laughs> if, if Quinn named the children. You know, and she said, "Oh, I like that," because obviously he knows that those are her children's names in the regular universe. Mm-hmm. You so you telepaths have such a <laughs> so complicated. I know. Just give me a hypo spray, Jeez. <laughs> well, we get you can change it back to heat. I didn't oh, realize no, that's, that's okay. Yeah, that was your interpretation of it. Yeah, the and the other thing I was going to say is that um, he, whenever he he acquieted Reese when he was getting upset about. Her, thinking she was going to hand him over, it's because yeah. not because he knows what his Savril would do. He he quieted him because he could hear her thoughts and knew that yeah. that she hadn't done that. Yeah, so, I und- I read that. I mean, I understood yeah. that part. No, I was just explaining to Rick because because that sounded like he thought that she he just understood her. You know, no, no, I, he was reading her mind. I knew that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Reese didn't yeah. realize that. I don't think. Mm-mm. No, Reese was he jumped the gun. Well, and if I mean, but, if I was in Reese's place, I would think she was going to betray us too. For goodness' sake! Yeah, days. she just kind of said, "Your names are on the list." Dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> We've come all this way, and now what? Yeah, yeah. Kind of handed us over. Yeah, Off yeah. His head. So anyway, so um, cool story. yeah, so yeah, it's, it's moving along. It's definitely slowing down a little bit, but it's still moving forward, which is always nice. Um, where do we see the story going? Do we have any? I know there's 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 PMs going around and emails going around about how to conclude this act. Yes. Yeah, there's been some great talk on the out of character thread about that. Mm-hmm. I believe. I think I read a little bit um, last night. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go over there right now. I'm going there now. Here I go. You go. You go, Let's Rick. See. You go. Out of character, there it is, right there. Season eight OOC. And by the way, for those of you listening and you have never accessed that part, there's a great part on the website at www.treksinsci-fi.com. If you go to, let me see, you go to um, 
<laughs> the forum RPG game section, and you you can either click right onto the storyline if you're just listening and you want to read up or read the past ones or whatever. You just click in there and you can read about that. But down below, like one, two, three, four more down, you'll see OOC, out of character is what that stands for. It doesn't mean ook. <laughs> <laughs> it's out of character. And if you click on there, you can see the running dialogue that we have on kind of ideas for the storyline, where we're headed. And uh, that's really, really a cool resource if you're a writer or if you want to jump in and see what's going on. That's where you go. Yeah, in that section, there's also a thread called Comments and Compliments. Yep. And that's where we we, um, give each other pats on the back or ask questions about stuff. So, And we open that to even just people who listen to the Ready Room or read read the the story so far. So that's open to anybody to comment and just letting you know. Yeah, so there's a lot (laughs) of things going on, but we can't really really say, really, without ruining it. So it's kind of makes it complicated to. How about this? How about if you? How about if Kenny asks that question again, and you say, "Well, there's some great surprises on the horizon." That would work. There are a lot of twists that I don't think anyone is expecting that are coming okay. up okay. that involve like Quinn and Arya and um, Savril and Mira Savril. Just lots of stuff coming up that that we're kicking around and trying to figure out how to make it actually work because we have the ideas. We know the end result. We just have to connect the dots to get there. Got it. And so that's what's going on behind the scenes. Cool. So. Yes. So, yeah. So, um, do, do I mean, has there been, like, a timeline of when we're going to finish? I know we keep saying, like, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. and. Well, it's kind of difficult to put a <laughs> timeline because when we do that, it's always last. Yeah. So... And it's with the assumption that we're going to write a bunch, and then we don't write a bunch, and then... Yeah, I would prefer... This is what I would prefer. I want it to end sooner rather than later, but if that means that things are rushed, then I would prefer that, you know, it it, it gets stretched out longer. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I want yeah, it yeah. to make sense. I don't want it to just... You know, the story should, you know, not just be ended with all these convoluted things that happen just because we all have these ideas of what we want to do and 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 we don't really do a good job of tying them in. So if it takes a little while for us to figure out how to do it properly and make it make sense, then I'm okay with it lasting a little longer. Yeah. So, but great. Okay. Fantastic. That's that works for me. I was just trying to get in. I mean, it's still moving forward, so yeah. I mean, I'm fine as long as it doesn't get stagnant and People start to get bored with what's going on. Yeah. Um, you know, but right now, yeah, I mean, even if we do just a few posts a week, it's still moving forward to the the goal of at least wrapping up season two or episode uh, act, act two, two. Yeah. Act two, and then moving on to act three, mm-hmm. where we go back to the regular universe and. And the end, go from there. yeah, the end happens. Find out what happened over there because they're still fighting the, the Borg, Borg over there. Yes, that's right. We saw yeah. a Borg on the ship, and it's been a while since we've been to the regular universe. Well, so. I'm ready to go yeah. back. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. So, <laughs> you know, whenever we can get back there, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. So, let's just start tying up loose ends in a timely manner, but also have it all make sense. Yes. At why we're, you know, let's not rush anything, but let's get there. Quickly. That makes sense. Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, so um, I guess that is going to do it for the story so far. We are the Borg. Resistance is futile. Plug into your alcove as we communicate our final thoughts. All right, for our final thoughts, what do we have, Rick? Well, first off, I just want to say thanks for having you back, Jen. We missed you. So it's good to have you back on the program. Yay. And secondly, I have to say that I really enjoyed the happy birthday homage. Homage? Is that a word? I don't know. Anyway, I liked all the happy birthday things um, for Rico on last week's show and particularly got a kick out of uh, Vartok's um, comments because I don't know what you did, man, but uh, you were like spacing out. It was great. (laughs) I want to let you know how much I enjoyed that. and. And I uh, got a kick out of everybody's participation in that. That was a great idea, Ken. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for uh, sending in those uh, MP3s. I really appreciate it. I know it was last minute because it's just Rick and I did the podcast, and then I was like, oh, I should tag on birthdays yeah. for Rico. And I sent oh. out a request, and several of you uh, came through. So I really appreciate that. And also, um, Today is actually Rico's birthday, so I want to wish him a happy birthday. He won't be hearing this on his birthday, but that's all right. Uh, yeah, we're actually, related, we're, actually re- we're recording it on his birthday. That's so. right. It's it's the Ready Room Rico birthday special. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> right. I'll eat a piece of cake for you, Rico. Mm-mm-mm. Or a peanut butter cookie. <laughs> that's, I, that's what I had. It was a peanut butter cookie. It was really good. Mm-hmm. But anyway, th- that was part of my final thoughts. The other final thought was um, we really like feedback, and it was really fun to get a, a comment from Mike last week, and we would like yes. more feedback. So if you're out there and you're listening to the Ready Room podcast, st- give us feedback. We don't care what kind of feedback. Well, maybe we do care. I mean, like, don't, don't call us <laughs> names or anything or, or you know, threaten to steal our children or anything. But you could. You, you could go ahead and just you know write to us. And tell us what you think about the Ready Room podcast or the story so far or whatever you want. Yeah. Well, and we're also still waiting for people to suggest the name for this season. That's a title right. for the That's whole entire – no, I haven't gotten a single response to our request two, three weeks ago. And I was going to give you 37 of them, and I didn't. You were, and you gave me give nothing. You None. Zero. Zilch. Nothing. We'll call it so, uh, Great Peanut Butter Cookie. <laughs> If uh, you want to, if you want to name season eight, uh, go ahead and send that to the Ready Room Podcast at gmail dot com. Anything else? You know what I'll do? You, you know what I'll do? Let's do a contest. And whoever's okay, I'm I'm going to put up the prize for the contest. Okay. And this will okay. be it. whoever's season that we the name that we pick for the season will get a complete audio CD of every one of my parody songs ever. I don't know if that's torture or if that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll do that. I'll put them all on a CD and I'll send them to your home wherever you live in whatever country or town or state. So if That's cool. That's I like an awesome that. gift. Yeah. That is yeah. an awesome gift. Including all right. We'll have, to make sure, yeah. we'll have to make sure we post something on the uh, yeah. forums also. There you go. Complete so on you can, CD. Nobody else has. So you it. don't you don't have you don't have to be a member of the forums if no. you just listen to the ready room and enjoy it. You can go ahead and send your uh, your name, uh, whatever you suggest the title should be. Send it to our email address at the ready room podcast at gmail dot com. That's right. Yeah, and remember it's the uh, mirror universe. So yes, and we will be taking names until next Saturday when we do the podcast again, where we will announce our winner. Oh, that's gonna be great. So send those names in and 
The judges will obviously be Rick, Jen, and myself. Um, we will. I think I'll pick... get my neighbor from next door to come over and help judge. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, sure, why friend. not? Why not? <laughs> my friend Alan, he has no idea what we're doing here, but he's going to help us judge. Hi, Alan. Hi, Rick. <laughs> what are we doing? <sighs> All right, so um, I get, is there anything else, Jen? You want to mention anything? Um, How's your anomaly? Are you doing a, 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 a run fest? You already did a roundtable, right? Yes. Uh, that was posted. Mm-hmm. Thank you for mentioning I, the show last week. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I, mean, enjoyed it. I haven't listened to it, but I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah, I downloaded it, but I haven't listened to it yeah, yet. It's, so. Yeah, it's the Anomaly podcast, and um, we did do a roundtable before we left to go to RenFest, which was supposed to be posted the day we left, but <laughs> my partner in crime sometimes <laughs> has other things on her priority list, and one of which is a baby named Russell. Oh, like a baby. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. like Russell. Get with it, Angela. Come on. What do you even think? You're a mom or something? God. I know. The priorities are at, huh? Yeah. And I just wanted to make a point that the Anomaly podcast is a bi-weekly to tri-weekly show. <laughs> I, just, I like it so much that I would like to hear it every week. But I understand you guys are super busy. You know, she has a baby and job and husband, and you have a husband and job and 50 other projects you're working on. <laughs> so, I mean, I understand there's a limited time. So I get to enjoy okay. it as much as I you know, can. Yeah, and, and, Jen, I want to mention that the older you get in life, because... Well, am I, am I older than you guys? I'm older than you guys. The older you get in life, if you want to really be regular, you need to have fiber in your diet. <laughs> so put a little more fiber in the anomaly, and it'll be regular. <laughs> Sorry. I just couldn't help it. I got a kick out of that. I thought that was funny. But, yeah, it would be nice to have, you know, you like as long as you're, You know what, Rick? As long as you're amused by your own jokes, and that's all that matters. <laughs> I have been since I was a child. I laugh at my own jokes constantly. My whole family looks at me around the dinner table and doesn't say where they just say, pass the potatoes, please. And I'm cracking up, laughing hysterically. Sometimes I even cry when I, when I laugh so hard. And they just look at me. And that's the, that's the curse of being a punny guy. I don't know. I mean, it's just, well, I have to live with myself. And uh, I do go to therapy. You, so can imagine, you can imagine me doing the Gamma Quadrant golf clap. If you don't know what the Gamma Quadrant golf clap is, it's from TNG. There were some aliens who were applauding for for Riker in the um, the uh, in Tin Forward after he played the trom- the trombone, and they they took the back of one hand and slapped it against slapped the palm it. of their hand, yes. and that's what Angel and I I'm have. I'm doing it right now. Too. Yes, let's, let's all let's all try that. I'm gonna try it right now. Here okay, we go. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Go. Oh yeah, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think they made that sound too. Hmm. <laughs> Why is he putting that large um, metallic object to his lips? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I always liked it when Riker played his trombone. I thought it was kind of cool. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. So um, I guess that's going to do it. This is Kenny. This is Jen. And this is Rick. Hailing frequencies closed. All music on this podcast was performed by Rick Moyer or his royalty-free music. Also, I would like to thank Metron 07 for the introduction music. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. 
Starfleet officer assigned to Deep Space Nine at a difficult time, and his wife he just lost her. Orbiting a planet, emissary to Bajor, with a baseball on his desk being put through a test on Cardassian Terignor. There must have been some magic in the way he ran his crew. Cause after several seasons they added Worf, he shaved his head and then Jake grew Down to the planet with a phaser in his hand He would boldly go with Bashir and Odo and forth the Dominion's battle plan You startling officers, now start acting like it! Warpity warp warp warpity warp Look at Cisco go Warpity warp warp warpity warp Through the big wormhole Kira and O'Brien Quite the thrill Joining forces with Quark A greedy Ferengi dork And Jadzia Dax the alien trill Rom and his wife Lita They spiced up old Quark's place Serving drinks to faces Of many type of races Playing Dabo as they embrace It must have been corporeal To speak to the prophets when they opened up the orb with visions, they were mad. Back to the wormhole, leaving Jake and Nog to stay. Absorbed in bright white light and fading out of sight, I'll be back again someday. 